Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good morning. It is Friday, January 6th. It is seven minutes after nine. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. And if you liked Groundhog Day, you're going to love Speaker of the House. (laughs) So members of the U.S. House of Representatives are going to try for another day to elect a speaker. It's an attempt to end a political impasse. Of course, Kevin McCarthy is the front runner, but he has still failed to reach the required 218 votes to win the chair. It occurred to me last night that Kevin McCarthy has now lost as many times as the Colts have this year. <laughs> and that is an incredibly awesome thing. Here is how I have approached every day with Kevin McCarthy. It is like being with a woman that is totally out of your league. I don't know how long this is going to last. <laughs> I know it won't be long. I know eventually they'll figure it out. But in the meantime, mm-hmm. I'm just, just the going to enjoy every <laughs> single second of this. And look, it may end today. Mm-hmm. It may not. There was rumblings that there was behind the scenes deals cut, but there were rumblings about that yesterday. I'm not sure at this mm-hmm. point how if you voted against him for 11 times that you would square voting for him because the rules or the procedures are not the problem. Kevin McCarthy and the people and the causes and everything else that he represents Mm -hmm. is the problem. So Andy Biggs, who is one of the representatives who has repeatedly voted against him, Mm -hmm. was on the floor yesterday and he summed it up about what this is all about far better than I ever could. Take a listen. The American public said they want to change. They want something new. They want something different. And we are on a path that just continues. Where were we just uh, 12 years ago? An $11 trillion national debt. You know where we are today? Almost three times that. Both parties share blame in that. We have to bring that under control. You bring that under control not just by changing the rules of an institution, but by changing the leadership. And I'm told this process is painful. It's embarrassing, I'm told. You know what it is? It's not dysfunction and it's not imperiling. What it is is the exchange of ideas, an expression of support for people you want to be your leader in the next Congress. Perfect. He's right. It should be difficult. Yes. It should not just be an easy thing 
to become Speaker of the House. Votes are earned. They are not given. And these Republicans, these two, I guess it's 200 now or 201 or whatever the, the fluctuating number is, they believe just, and this is what we've been telling you for years, these people do not believe they're obligated to earn your vote. And if you don't give it to them, then you're the bad guy. Biggs said that he will never vote for McCarthy. Yeah. He doesn't want anything, just not McCarthy. Yeah, and, and that's fine. I, I I leave the majority of my ballot blank almost every single time because if someone hasn't earned my vote, I'm not giving it to them. And when I go in to vote, I'm not obligated to have another choice on the ballot. Mm-hmm. I'm not obligated to write anybody's name in. I'm not obligated to say I have to vote for one of you people. No, Kevin McCarthy has not earned these people's vote. They should not give it to him. They should let him suffer. And again, these Republicans, we're going to play professional whiner Dan Crenshaw here in just a moment. These people believe and and that they are so they are so entitled to this vote that they are treating these conservatives who are standing on principle far worse than the Democrats who are voting for Hakeem Jeffries. So the last time it took this long was 1859. Yeah. Let's put that into a little bit of perspective. Darwin just published his theory of evolution. (laughs) Oregon had just become a state and the first oil well was drilled. But you're right. People like Andy Biggs, they're being called rebels, bomb throwers, dissenters, never Kevins. They're throwing (laughs) grenades. And even Fox News yesterday called them insurrectionists. So, and and this is, again... it is. I'm gonna do this here like I did yesterday, Casey. If you could describe what I'm doing here, I'm oh, gonna you're putting your feet up again. People can see this in the uh, the YouTube chat. Okay. I'm, 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 I have my feet kick, back up. I'm kicking back and relax. I am. Uh, it's. I've been here six years, mm-hmm. and I remember when I first came on this radio station, there were so many people that were like, "What the hell is wrong with that guy?" Because I was telling you the same things I've been telling you for six years, and every year, based on the actions of the Republicans, more and more people begin to realize. We get this all the time. You were right. And I know I was right because I've been around these people. I worked with these people. I served with these people. I got as far away from these people as I possibly could because I knew what they were. Republicans don't like you. You know what Republicans like? People who suck up and kowtow and bend a knee to them. They don't care about you at all. Okay, so Dan Crenshaw, he was blasting his colleagues for refusing to support Kevin McCarthy. And he said that he's tired of stupid platitudes that some consultant told them to say on the campaign trail. So we're going to play this clip of Dan Crenshaw, who I never knew what a professional whiner that guy was. But uh, the Dan Crenshaw whining, it may be my favorite part of, of all of this, uh, listen to this on Fox, I think uh, maybe Fox Business yesterday or Fox News. Take a listen. They keep changing who they vote for. It's not like they stuck to Jim Jordan, a very respected conservative leader. They didn't even stick to Jim Jordan. They just keep changing. And, and so they don't actually want anything. I, I, it's, and it's, it should be very frustrating to American people. People should realize there's no nobility in these actions. There's no end game. There's no good that comes of this. You're not showing anyone up. It's, it's, com- it's completely ridiculous at this point. You know what I want? I want you people to go away. That's what I want. I love this. And I love the reaction from these people. The mask is coming off. These people are showing you what they really are. Okay, can we play this Larry Bashan audio? Mm -hmm. I was driving home yesterday 
and I wanted to pull my car over to the side of the road and puke. If I hadn't been on a busy stretch of roadway, I would have done just that. I think I swallowed my own vomit. <laughs> Larry Bouchon, who is an Indiana representative, and we have talked about what a colossal establishment, butt-kissing, bended knee, totally worthless. All seven Republicans from the Indiana delegation have been throughout this whole process. Jim Banks, Victoria Sparks, professional office hopper, Victor, uh, uh, Aaron, Aaron Houchin, Houchin mm-hmm. uh, all of them, totally useless and, wor- and worthless. Larry Bouchon, who represents Southwestern Indiana, was on with Tony Katz yesterday. And listen to the, listen to how ridiculous this is. He accuses people with no evidence whatsoever, of the people who are voting against Kevin McCarthy Mm -hmm. are dishonest people. He got asked about, will there be repercussions for these people? Will there be punishment? Listen to this. I would argue that their ability to be successful in Congress themselves, it will be hampered by this, but not because of retribution from House Republicans or from the leadership. It's just they will develop... Uh, a view amongst everyone that uh, their word isn't good. Believe it or not, in Congress, your word is really important. <laughs> and I know some people, when I mention that, laugh about that. But that's very true. Whether you can be trusted, whether your word is good, is really important. And I think some of them are ruining that for themselves. But I, and, and So I don't think there's going to be any reason that there would be retribution. But when they try to convince their colleagues that they should move to uh, uh, a certain committee and they try to convince the steering committee, you know, one of the things that people look at is whether or not your word is good and whether you can be trusted to do the right, uh, the right, right thing. Um, as far as being honest goes, right? No one has a different, a problem with a difference of opinion, but when you have a difference of opinion and you're not honest about it, that's where the trouble comes. They're the only people being honest, and it is that they have a difference of opinion. Our audience overwhelmingly supports these people. Mm -hmm. They overwhelming, the people overwhelmingly support the 20 people who are standing firm. The people overwhelmingly do not support the position of Jim Banks and Victoria Sparks and Larry Bouchon and Jim Baird and professional office hopper Aaron Houchin and former Keel Brother executive uh, Greg Pence. They don't like you. You are not representing them. You are representing yourself. And again, this needs to keep going because the longer it goes, the more these ridiculous politicians like Larry Bouchon pull off the mask and they tell you what they think of you. They think you're dishonest. They don't like you because you're not doing what they say. Yeah, and you're not doing what you say either. And they're holding these people to it. And so many people are just done with the status quo. We've got more on this coming up. It's 17 minutes after nine with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Dream Little Chad and Jeremy, right out of the box. 
21 minutes after 9. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Wait, just let it go for a second. Kevin went to all this effort. What other show in Central Indiana is going to play Chad and Jeremy as their bumper music? This is a nice one. Yeah, this is how you want to start your day off. Everybody, let's just lower our blood pressure. (laughs) That's a message for you, Rob Kendall. Okay, now time to talk about the Democrats. Let's get it back up again. Okay, so some congressional Democrats, they're considering voting for a Republican, but only if the candidate meets certain requirements. (laughs) As we enter yet another day to see if Kevin McCarthy can secure votes. Rumor is that they have cut a deal. We'll see how this all plays out later today. But this representative from California, he was speaking to Neil Cavado on Fox News. And he said he would consider the right Republican, someone he could trust. And then he went to name two different people. And both of those people that he named are pro-amnesty. So it's like, we'll we'll go with the Republican, but only if they agree with our terms, what we want. Yeah, you're right. And we're going to play this audio here in just a second. But and I think you're right. I think ultimately, as we predicted, the conservatives will ultimately cave. They'll get something they can claim was a win and cave because that's what conservatives usually do. And I'm not allowed to have anything nice or anything fun with anything. So they'll just take this away from me. Um, they, they surely would not let me have a whole weekend of enjoying Kevin McCarthy being denied being speaker. But the reality of this is if push came to shove, I think that the Republicans, the establishment people, the Larry Bouchons of the world would far prefer that if, if, if you if you force them to choose someone like a Hakeem Jeffries mm-hmm. over a Byron Donalds. I think they, they these people loathe conservatives so much that they would rather, if they had to choose, they would rather Hakeem Jeffries be the speaker because they could work with him far better than a Byron Donalds because they're all working collectively against the interest of the American people. And certainly if they could get some sort of squish establishment Republican, they would they would be fine with cutting a deal with the Democrats. And so I, I don't think it would be out of the realm of possibility that if it got to that, it could happen. Here is uh, Mo Khanna talking about just that. Neil, I would consider the right Republican, someone I could trust, uh, Brian Fitzpatrick, uh, Mike Gallagher, who actually spoke eloquently on the floor, David Joyce. Uh, but there need to be two conditions. One, you can't have debt ceiling, uh, the debt ceiling debate or shutdown uh, as something that takes the country hostage. And two, they'd have to be some agreement on subpoena power. But uh, I'm open to uh, a Republican who could work to put the interests of the American people uh, first. Is Kevin McCarthy one of them? I couldn't see myself at this point uh, voting for Kevin McCarthy. I mean, he would have to come to our leader, Hakeem Jeffries, with uh, the types of conditions that I've outlined. He doesn't seem to want to do that. It seems like he's going uh, further to the right. So, so the big thing in there, remember what he said, his holdup is mm-hmm. it can't be anybody who would mess with the debt ceiling or shutting the government down. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm te- I've been telling you. These people, the Republicans, as they proved in the U.S. Senate and the Democrats are saying it out loud here, that nobody, very, very few, very few people in this country in a position of power are serious about getting spending and inflation under control. If you won't if you will not take the debt ceiling, if you take the debt ceiling, 
If you always commit to, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this correctly. If you always commit to raising the debt ceiling, then there's never any incentive for government to ever get spending under control. Mm -hmm. And if you won't shut the government down, there's no incentive to get government spending under control. And that is the condition of the Democrats. And let's face it, quite frankly, it's the condition of the majority of Republicans. Okay, so the Democrats' message has been unified because now after 11 times, they have repeatedly voted for Hakeem Jeffries. Same guy over and over again. And Kevin McCarthy at this point, he really he really is working now. And I don't know if this is proving to any of the 20 who have voted against him that he really is trying at this point to bring the party together because he's had to work maybe harder than he has in a while. But he's not doing it because he actually wants the party to be together. He's, he's doing, doing it because he wants the gig. He's doing it for himself. And you can trust these people as far as you can throw them. Once he gets in there, he can do whatever he wants to do. These people, how many times have we seen, where, as we talked about before, a great example, the border in the 1980s under Reagan. Mm-hmm. Uh, in exchange for amnesty, we'll secure the border. They got the amnesty, didn't secure the border. How many times have we heard there would be X amount of cuts uh, you know, in order if you give us a tax increase. Well, you get the tax increase. You never get the cuts. Remember years ago where there was the supposed nuclear option on the spending cut. If the spending cuts weren't agreed to, then it would be the the sacred cows of both, both parties. The Republicans, it was the military and Democrats, it was some sort of entitlement. What happened? They didn't do the cuts. They didn't do the, the, the untouchables. They just don't do it. They just ignore it. They just, they make the rules up as they go along and then they just ignore the rules. Kind of like campaigning in your midterm that you're going to be fiscally responsible right. and then you turn around and sign the $1.7 trillion omnibus bill. Well, Dick Morris says that Trump is mad at the Republicans for holding up the speaker election. And he thinks they're just absolutely bollocksing up the process. Okay. And he feels the Republicans get moving in the House. And yeah, this he's increasingly mad at these guys. Yeah. So another example of Trump losing influence, right? He doesn't like this. Here's just another endorsement he made, which is not turning into the red wave. It really places further scrutiny on Trump's role inside the party. Yes. All right. When we come back, Casey. Yeah. Abdul is going to join us. Mm -hmm. And there is some big news involving the Indiana Attorney General, a court ruling that he lost. And so we want to touch on that. And he got some very, very important information in regards to property taxes that may finally, probably not, but maybe, hopefully, force at (laughs) least the Indiana Republican Party and their supermajorities in the General Assembly and the governor to perhaps acknowledge, yeah, there's a big problem here. All right. We've got the news and Abdul lined up for you on 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here, and oh, look who it is. He's an author. He's a broadcaster. He's a provocateur. He might be the next mayor of the city of Indianapolis. Abdullah Kibshabaz, how are you, my friend? Doing good, my friend. How's everything going? Well, I'm doing great. Before we get to Rokita here, because this is super interesting, you have a formal website of some sort as you continue to explore your run for mayor of Indianapolis. Yes, we officially filed our exploratory committee paperwork uh, this week. 
Uh, also, uh, in addition, we have the website up and running, and we have the online donation feature. And the website is? Abdul4ND4.com. Uh, and now you've got to make some sort of decision here within the next month, right? Because there is a filing deadline. The filing deadline is February 3rd. All right. We'll look forward to that. In the meantime, though, our old friend, the Attorney General for the State of Indiana, Todd Rokita, back in the news. And as oftentimes it seems to be with Rokita, it's not for anything good. No, it's not. I'm going to read you the headline here from the Indiana Capital Chronicle because this is a real headline involving the chief law enforcement officer for the state of Indiana. Judge orders Rokita to publicly release Inspector General's report about former job. So when Todd Rokita was sworn in and became attorney general in 2021, it came to light that he had, and this was unbelievable to me at the time, it never even dawned on me this could happen, he had a second job. Yes. He worked for Apex, their health benefits uh, management company. And that's what he was doing, sort of in private practice between the time he left Congress and the time he became attorney general. And so while he's doing that, normally, if you're a lawyer, you had to be very careful about sort of outside employment because there's conflicts, right. ethical considerations, the whole nine yards, yes. which is why most lawyers who work for the state, they did they either teach or maybe do a little bit of pro bono, like right. charity work, but but nothing that they get paid, paid for. Correct. Uh, Rakita didn't do that. He kept his job with Apex. And when it came out that he had a job with Apex, he told everybody, well, the inspector general office, I asked for an opinion. They said it's okay. Like, well, can we see the opinion? No. But wait a second. You said you got an opinion where you said it's okay. How can we? Which would totally put this story to rest. It would totally end the story if you showed us that opinion and everybody says, well, we think this is weird and maybe it's not totally the right thing to be doing, but it's certainly okay to be doing. And Mr. Attorney General, it's not that we don't trust you, but let's be honest, we we don't trust you. So... So why don't you just give us a copy of the informal opinion, redact whatever needs to be redacted, like no private personal information, like social security numbers or right. you know, home address, and that sort of thing, and just give it to us, and let's be done with this two years ago. Well, and, and the, one of the big things with this is it's not like Rokita is working at Menards on the weekend. He is working for a company that either that company or that industry was likely to come before his office he was likely to have to make decisions on that industry or maybe even that company potentially in his job as attorney general exactly and any time where uh your where your, your employer or your part-time employer can either be a plaintiff or a defendant you're, you're better off just leaving it alone and just not not dealing with it but Rakita likes to be sometimes a four-letter word that rhymes with rick <laughs> didn't do that and so here we are again now now lo and behold two years later and by the way folks <clears throat> monday session starts so that, that, that's a whole different dynamic to, to all this, because now it's going to be, Burkitt isn't liked in the building to begin with by, by most people. You and this, don't say. And this, and this doesn't help. Okay, so now, so this, so this, he refused to release the opinion. It went to court, and now a judge has come out and said, you, you have 30 days, you must release the opinion. Now, the judge is Marion County Superior Court Judge Kurt Eisgruber, and you were telling me Eisgruber is not some lunatic, radical left judge, so Rakita can't play, well, this is a, the politics card. Yeah, you can't say this. Once again, it's the liberal courts. It's an activist judge. No, it's not. Kurt is not an activist judge. I've been before Kurt. I've known Kurt for years. I'm good friends with his wife. They, 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 are, they are tried and true Republican conservatives. So he's got 30 days to redact the opinion, and we were talking about this on State House Happenings as we were putting the podcast together. There's no way he doesn't actually have this opinion, right? 
No, yeah, he's he's got it, or, or either he's got it, or you can request a copy from the Inspector General. Oh, no. Right. I mean, it exists. He definitely. There's no way because he would be in such hot water if he claimed to have had this opinion and didn't actually have it, and especially because it went in front of a court, he would have. I mean. The, he would be in sunshine yeah, water. Yeah, the, the 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 actual opinion itself would be like Exhibit A. Right. So that so it some somebody has seen this yeah. opinion then, right? So th- this just blows my mind. He had the ability to just in the very beginning just say, look, here here's the opinion. There is no issue here. Uh, you know, and make up whatever story he wants to make up related to that, and and go with it. I mean, it would just. This is just another thing about like when he banned you from these press conferences. It is just in inconsequential stuff that he dies on hills over, and he keeps losing when he's di- he keeps dying on the hill. Exactly, and and the other thing too is all this could easily be avoided by just by just releasing the documents. Sure, like but but lo and behold, two years later, here we go. We it, you basically took a t- took a two day story and turned it into a two year story. You are the chief law enforcement officer for the state of Indiana, and you are so fighting transparency. Whether it is banning you from the press conferences, whether it is refusing to release this opinion, look, you represent. Whatever you do in your personal life, whatever you do in your own time, as long as you're not breaking the law, I don't need to know about it. I don't want to know about it. But when you work for me and you work for 7 million plus people that live in this state, and on top of that, you're the chief law enforcement officer, the idea that you are so fighting transparency should give everyone pause. And what, and here's the other question, too. Would you allow lawyers in your office to do this? Yeah, gr- that's a great point. Uh, if you it, wouldn't allow lawyers in your office to do it, then you shouldn't be doing it either. It is Kendall Casey Show. Abdul is here. Okay, so let's talk about the topic that we've been talking about for a year now, and it is, it is about to hit almost every single homeowner in some shape, form, or fashion in the state of Indiana, and yet nobody at 200 West Washington Street is talking about it. It is property taxes. They are about to skyrocket. Nobody refutes it's happening. Nobody just wants to do anything about it. You had a very interesting interview that you're going to run on Saturday on the radio station. Yeah, well, uh, David bought up. David is the head of the Association of Indiana Counties, and they sort of uh, work with other local governments on property tax-related and county-related issues. And uh, what David told me was that uh, last year was such an anomaly that uh, we want to be a little careful. We start tinkering with the system, which I which I totally get. However, with that said, he's ex- they're expecting uh, property taxes on average. Now, this please note, folks, this is an average. Yeah, it means it could be less, it could be more in some places depending on where you live, of an increase of five to like eight percent. And I thought that was an interesting total. You and I were texting about this yesterday because when you say average. The people who are hearing our voice right now, there's a very good chance you are in Indianapolis or central Indiana. The donut counties are slightly outside of that. There is a strong chance, as we heard from our good friend Brad Kloppenstein yesterday, his property taxes are going up roughly $1,800, which is way more than that. The average, that's for the state. So no offense if you live in Kendallville or Reelsville, but you're so far outside of the populous area that your property taxes may not go up at all, but if you're here in central Indiana, you're probably going up way more than eight percent to make to make that that eight percent. Exactly, and the thing is too that uh, what David said it is pro- it is probably now. Granted, um, <clears throat> any lawmakers can do whatever they want uh-huh. whenever they whenever they no, feel like on. it. No, go on. I'm very excited about what you're about to say next. But he said it's probably too late to do anything about it for oh! the May for the May tax bill. Now, that, can you say that again out loud for everybody to uh, <laughs> to hear? Here, allow, allow me to say that again. Yes, it is probably too late to do anything for the May property tax Uh bills so the lawmakers knew about this a year ago because we were talking about it on this radio station with people reading their assessments or sending us their assessments and we were reading them why didn't they do anything why wasn't there a summer study committee why wasn't there a a, you know big meetings they do this stuff all the time 
Well, Why well, didn't they do it for this? Well, Bob. Well, well, it's interesting because what, what was last year? Oh, yeah, last year was the abortion issue. Duh, silly, silly me. That's what everybody was all getting all worked up over, that whole thing. Um, but, no, I, I do think, and, and the other thing that David recommended, uh, that said to be posted in the interview uh, and online uh, tomorrow at noon, is you want to be you want to be careful because you can't do a whole lot of relief on the assessment side of things. I mean, there, there are some things you can do uh, if you're senior citizens to, to sort of cap assessments, but the the the, the solution is on sort of on sort of the back end with with your property tax bill because you could also have your 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 property tax credits and other sort of property tax relief because on the remember on the flip side if your assessment goes up that means technically your that means your rates can drop so theoretically you're not paying any more than than you were before but once again that gets into Right, and this is the point when we talked about all this week when morons like Jim Lucas spend four days fighting with me and with complete strangers on social media, and he keeps trying to go, well, how do you know there's not a plan? People are working very hard behind the scenes. They're not getting anything done this session. They're not probably even going to pass anything consequential this session, much less let's help you this session, and I'm so glad that your guy confirmed that because these lawmakers like Jim Lucas, now most of them aren't as lack self-control like Jim Lucas, spending all this time fighting with people on Facebook going, well, it doesn't matter what you're feeling. We're still better than Illinois versus actually doing something. And they've known about this for a year. Yes. Uh, but 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 at the same time, though, you, you don't have all the data yet because DLGF doesn't have the rates put out and the, the whole nine yards. But at the end of the day, folks, if you're expecting property tax relief from this legislature, um, I'd say more than likely than not, it's probably not going to happen. They may, they may do a little bit of property tax relief on, on, on the tail end. You're getting nothing. Um, I, I would say the, the, the odds are not in your favor. <laughs> but then again, it's any, in the session, anything can happen and anything usually does. And it usually happens around the middle of February. Yeah, he's an author, he's a broadcaster, he's a provocateur. He might be the next mayor of the city of Indianapolis, the one and only Abdul Akib Shabazz. Thank you, my friend. Hey, thank you. 93 WIBC, it's the Kendall and Casey Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Woke up this morning feeling fine. There's something special on my mind. Last night this is the, the backing track for one of the great scenes in cinema history. Do you know it? Happy Gilmore? No, but, but it is a movie on par with Happy Gilmore. Movie. The Naked Gun, <laughs> where Elvis Presley's wife, Priscilla, Priscilla, mm-hmm. and and Leslie Nielsen, it's a montage of them yes. spending the day together. Mm-hmm. And my favorite part of that is they walk out of a movie theater and they're laughing hysterically and it pans up to the movie and it's Platoon. Yeah. <laughs> Not a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you want to take a date. It's 948. They it is that guy on the beach. <laughs> yeah. It's 93 WIBC, and President Biden said the U.S. would immediately begin turning away Cubans, Haitians, and Nicaraguans who cross the border from Mexico illegally. This is uh, one of his biggest moves on immigration that has spiraled since he took office two years ago. He made this announcement just days before a planned visit to El Paso, Texas. Yes. Joe Biden is going to visit the border on Sunday, his first trip to the southern border, not only as president, but since he's been in political office for the past 50 years. Since he's been alive. Yeah. Um, 
So we're going to play you a little audio, and mm-hmm. you might say, well, hey, welcome to the party, pal, in terms of him telling people from these countries, whether it's Cuba, Nicaragua, Haiti, don't come illegally. Interesting, though, he picked those countries mm-hmm. because, well, they tend to be the people who end up largely being Republican voters. Ah. So if you're pouring across the southern border from Mexico or wherever else, not a word. Mm-hmm. If you're coming from Cuba, mm-hmm. well, don't come. If you're trying to leave Cuba, Nicaragua, or Haiti, you have and we or have agreed to begin a journey to America, do not, do not just show up at the border. Stay where you are and apply legally from there. He was talking about some app that you're going to download. So, yeah, picture this. You're trying to migrate to the United States and you're sitting in Mexico. You have no money, no anything. And he's saying, go download this app and then we'll put you on a list. Okay, Um, but isn't that discriminating against those three countries, Rob? I mean, I thought we were supposed to be inclusive now. Isn't that a xenophobic thing to say? Well, that's a great point. Singling out these three countries. Our good friend. Tony Kennedy, who we're going to hear from next hour, mm-hmm. made that point on social media. It's, I thought that that made you a racist, bigot, homophobe, xenophobe, whatever phobe uh, that is, is the cause du jour of the moment if you were singling people out based on where they were from. Yeah. So Homeland Security officials say that they're going to begin denying asylum to those who are trying to circumvent legal pathways. But uh, it's like Kamala said, don't come, don't come. But if the door is wide open... People are going to walk through it. He also, and his press conferences, like, I I don't know if you where you are in this, Casey, but when I watch a Biden press conference, I try to put myself in other people's shoes. And I think, okay, obviously, I am totally have my opinions and, you know, but I try to figure, like, if someone were to watch this who was not wed to a political ideology or vision or whatever, one way or another, what would you think about this? Mm. And every time I watch a Biden press conference, I think... How could any truly fair, balanced, can-be-swayed person look at him and go, this is really good that this guy is in charge? Well, did you see Kamala Harris standing behind him? And at one point, he called her the president, and she looked like she was trying to hold back a laugh. Well, at one And point- she almost, like— Step forward like she wanted to correct him, but then she didn't. She just stood there solemnly watching and nodding. Well, at one point, and we'll play it later, I think we're playing the 10 o'clock hour probably, she finished the answer for him. Mm -hmm. He he couldn't remember. So here is Biden. Now, the one thing that is actually still securing the border is Title 42. And Biden, who just gave a big thing about people not coming from places where they're more likely to vote Republican, said the one thing that's actually still securing the border, Title 42, is making the problem worse. In fact, the previous administration used a rule called Title 42 to deal with to deal with the pandemic, a rapidly to rapidly expel people who crossed the border. It was designed to deal with the pandemic, but it's used as a means to expel people at the border. People turned away under Title 42, and there are not and, 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 and they're not barred from trying to come back. They've been turned away. They go back. They try again. They try again. Well. You know, they can and they do try to re-enter the United States again and again, which makes the problem that borders at the border even worse. 
They keep trying to enter because they know eventually they will get in and eventually they will be allowed to stay. People don't waste the thousands of dollars and risk their lives to get here, most of them, if they don't think that there's a decent chance that it's going to be successful. The reason they're doing it is because they believe or have been led to believe by you Mm -hmm. that there's a good chance they're going to be successful. Well, he's saying you have to have a sponsor now. So you just have to know somebody in the country? <laughs> and is this, I mean, like, can one can one sponsor sponsor, you know, 30,000 people? You just got to know somebody in the country and then come on in. And why now? He's been president for two years. Did he get some internal polling now that he's seeing that shows Americans aren't happy with the situation at the border? And he, he went on to claim that, 20,000 pounds of fentanyl is enough to kill as many as 1,000 people in the country. Wrong. 20,000 pounds of fentanyl could kill 4.5 billion people. It is interesting, too, when we talk about people being embarrassed and we keep hearing the thing about, you know, the speaker think, well, this is embarrassing. It's embarrassing the party. It's embarrassing the country. The speaker debate is not harming one person's life. It's not getting one person killed. It's not causing damage to anyone. It's a bunch of people peacefully debating who will lead our nation. This stuff right here has immense economic damage. Mm -hmm. It is getting people killed. It is getting people hurt. It is making our country less safe every single day. But not a peep from those 200 Republicans who keep voting for Kevin McCarthy about that. They'll talk about Matt Gates. They'll talk about Lauren Boebert. They'll talk about Byron Donalds. They'll talk about Andy Biggs all day long about what an embarrassment they are. They're terrorists. They're endangering the country. They're blah, 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 blah. Nothing. They have spent so much more time on that, which in the grand scheme of things... Doesn't matter. It'll get resolved when it gets resolved. The government's already been funded, thanks to the Duke of Spendingburg and Mitch McConnell at, once again, record or near record levels. That doesn't matter. In the grand scheme of things, that doesn't matter and we'll get resolved. This matters every single day because people are dying and the country is less safe every single day and not a peep. Because to them, the power matters more than the result. Well, it's a good thing that Kamala is the borders are. Because <laughs> it sounds like Biden doesn't even know the difference between Title 42, Title 9, Title 8. Where, which one am I talking about? Seriously, and does his voice sound different? Does it sound to you like he just woke up from a nap and he's got that really deep voice like when you just wake up from a nap or you're sick or something? Every time he talks, that's the way it sounds to me. Is there a difference? <laughs> I mean, is, is there, think about where we have gone in this country, okay? In a relatively short period of time. So let's just operate from the year 1790. So from 1790 until present day, so that is 233 years, we have devolved in terms of leadership in this country from George Washington and John Adams and Thomas Jefferson and James Madison and John Quincy Adams to... To this guy. Title 42 is going to go away before the end of the year in terms of the Supreme Court, my prediction. And then we're going to have to use Title 9, or Title... uh, Eight. Eight, right? Am I right? Yeah, title eight. Eight, nine. <laughs> I don't even know which one it is. 42, and, and yet, eight, nine. We just waltz around as a society and just go, this is fine. By the way, there's already a two million case immigration backlog. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And you-